Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Your, your, your internet seems to be... I think your internet's playing up there, uh, sir. Hello, I'm back. Hello. <laughs> your internet seems to be uh, having Hello. a I've got no idea then. what happened there. Okay, you've, you've, you've froze again. Uh, but yeah, uh, that that pace change means that kind of like... And, and the fire as well, when he has these... Um, mo- I, I don't think Sars, uh, Eddie Guerrero love is something that the internet gods are, are allowing. Viva la raza! Hello! Alright! <laughs> Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be in and indeed watching from. Thank you so, so much for joining us again. This is Chain Wrestling Live 2, I suppose. Electric with, Boogaloo. Exactly, with Max and Soy, uh, via the wonderful people at Radio Techers. I am the sweaty, melting, sticky, warm, horrible Soy, because it's bloody hot, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, and melting along with me is... The Latino heat to my sweaty meat. The Mrs. Mangle to my knit cotton. Oh, hello, Ma. I, I mean that. Hello, Mum. She's actually probably out there watching somewhere. Um, <laughs> it's so, so tough and hard. No TV villains bother him at all in real life, apart from grot bags, as we've heard before. The podfather himself, Mr. Mags, how are we doing this week? I am just like you, sir. I'm hot. I'm sweaty. Uh, I've had to turn my fan off because uh, we're recording because it cuts into the audio. So I'm even more hot and sweaty. I've got a fucking clock in front of me that tells me it's 27 degrees at 9 p.m. in the UK. Yeah, oh, I'm, no. I'm not. I'm not a happy bunny. But we're recording chain wrestling, so I mean that that's changed my uh, changed my attitude all for the better, sir. Yes, indeed, indeed. And we've got quite the show for you today, um, as always, because we're just bloody brilliant. Everyone should know this by now, even if you've only watched one live, that's all you need. Um, we are covering the fantastic WrestleMania 20 title match between Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle when we get onto our wrestling topic later on. Um, and we have... A, a sort of a, a sinister evil look at people's preferences for certain television as well with people's uh favorite tv villains i guess or well, maybe not favorite but the ones people like to hate the most i guess mm-hmm. magsy would be the way of wording it maybe yeah makes sense uh there's a lot of really kind of dastardly evil people uh in the world of tv so yeah we've got some uh, very unique and uh, interesting answers yeah yeah, one I didn't. Well, I want to. Going to probably cover at last that we didn't. I didn't know who this person was sent into us by Ori, but I looked it up, and my goodness, that bloke. Yeah, reign of terror on that TV show. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> before we get on to that, though, Mags, how you been, my friend? 
Yeah, not, uh, not been too bad. It's been a, quite a busy weekend uh, with UFC and then Radio Techers uh, and then uh, last night's uh, uh, wrestling, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, can't yes. lie. I loved every second of that show. Uh, but, yeah, uh, busy but happy, I suppose. Yeah, um, Money in the Bank last night, mm-hmm. the WWE um, pay-per-view. I, I, I was awake anyway, so I thought, well, I might as well chuck it on. Um, I ended up really enjoying the show. I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of WWE product anymore, as, as most people who who have heard Chain Wrestling or me on any other show are aware. Uh, I, I check out the pay-per-views. That's about it. Um, but this this show last night, this pay-per-view last night, makes me want to go and have a look at Raw and SmackDown this week, Max. Yeah, I'm someone who hasn't watched Raw and SmackDown regularly in over a decade, uh, and I am contemplating at least checking out uh, John Cena's return to Raw. Uh, yeah. So, so it did exactly what it needed to do. On the on the note of John Cena, actually, I'm probably the biggest hypocrite in the world now, because for a long time I booed Cena. I was so sick of him. What was it, 2007 through to the early, well, I don't know, 2014, 2015 maybe, where he was just always in the main events always went over or super Cena, wasn't it? It was like, he couldn't be defeated regardless of how many people you put in front of him and all that. And it just got so boring, but I, I, I proper popped when Cena's music hit last night. Yeah. I, I, I'm surprised I didn't wake the wife up. I was that excited to see John Cena. The last time I popped like that for wrestling was when uh thugonomic Cena came back at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. It shows star power, I guess, mate, doesn't it? It shows absolute star it, it, power. It, it absolutely does. Uh, but it, um, I've had a kind of a, I wouldn't say an argument, but I've set a few people straight on, on Twitter uh, talking about how uh, um, basically if you didn't enjoy that pop, uh, how can you call not? How can you uh, call yourself a wrestling fan uh, with all these kind of wars that we're having? Imaginary wrestling wars, AEW versus WWE, uh, and we saw it all as soon as the match was over. As soon as the show was over last night, people comparing WWE and AEW. Yeah, just let it breathe. It was a brilliant wrestling show. It doesn't matter if AEW have a, an even better one this week because that's better for us as fans. We can watch. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I just I'm getting tired of this having to draw a line and say you can if you're a fan of one you cannot be a fan of another and you have to shit on one you uh and you uh, have to adore everything that the that the other one does it, it gets really really boring and it filters down from the top because I've got a, a pimple dick of the week uh and we'll, we'll we'll definitely get to that but it filters down from the very top of uh, wrestling social media uh just the kind of hypocrisy and the the kind of w- waiting to bash one company over another it's just yeah, yeah it, get, it gets boring yeah yeah it does it does negativity all the time i mean don't get me wrong it, it, you can be critical of something if you don't enjoy it, but at the same time, not all wrestling is meant for everybody. You know, it's, it's, uh, I enjoy a certain type of wrestling. My daughter likes a certain type of wrestling. Uh, you might enjoy something different. It, that, that's the way it is. It, arguing with people online because they don't like the company you like, or they don't like the wrestler you like, or it's just pathetic, man. You know, and these are, these are grown ups as well. These aren't like little four, five, six year olds, little toddlers or whatever, bickering amongst themselves about whatever. These are grown-ups. These are fully grown men and women arguing about effectively pretend fighting. Yeah, pretty you much. Know, and, <laughs> and and whilst we're on the topic, I might as well go into the pimple dick uh, and uh, run the yeah. uh, the pimple dick um, audio. So here we go. 
So for my Whoa, people, look I mean, at that. I don't normally bring pimple dicks to the table because I'm I'm it's usually first kind one, of, Max, yeah I'm usually quite placid, but uh, the the biggest pimple dick in in uh, in wrestling journalism, uh, Shaggy Dave Meltzer. He uh, put whilst the show was going on, and uh, I have to caveat this: there was a lot of American fans who were having major issues uh, with the stream. Um, but he put up on on his uh, Twitter feed, I can't believe that they're pretending that everything is fine. Uh, pretty sure that this is the only promotion in the world that wouldn't hold up the show until it's fixed. So what he's referencing there is uh, the Peacock stream uh, was, mm-hmm. was really struggling in America. Um, yeah. And instantly, Dave's thoughts were to blame the company um, and say, uh, essentially, they should have stopped the show. Now, no other company in the world would have said to a crowd of that many thousands of people who have basically at their first wrestling show in, in the best part of two years, well, we're going to stop now, lads, uh, because the stream's a bit knackered up. Every show would carry on, no matter what yeah. company it is. But the fact that he uh, put that up and, and was, was, was kind of almost like trying to um, bait the, the community and then it turns out that it wasn't even a, an issue with WWE at all because people who had it in the UK and Canada, uh, all who, who had uh, the network, were absolutely fine. So it was it was legitimately an NBC Peacock issue. Uh, mm-hmm. After after a, a while, uh, I think they switched the the feed, so the Peacock got the the network feed, so everything was hunky dory. And I, I I feel bad for the people who missed. The uh, the parts of the show because of this issue, but to use this as a, another attack on WWE was especially from somebody with the influence of Dave Meltzer. He kind of uh, sets the ball rolling, and basically his his cult start diving in. And some of the comparisons was were, were getting just like it made my skin crawl. I mean, the the biggest comparison that uh, a lot of uh, fans made was well they didn't stop the the um the show when a man fell from the ceiling and died in the ring why are they going to stop the show from uh, a bad streaming service and i'm like the reaches that you are making to to just slam wwe yeah the stuff what happened with owen was awful but this is a, a glitch in a stream it's no when it's comparing apples and oranges. So for my first ever pimple dick, it's Dave Meltzer and his motley crew of idiots who uh, use this to uh, essentially uh, slag off WWE when they're having arguably the best pay-per-view that they've done in a year. And if we want to play that kind of backbiting stuff, didn't didn't AEW once air a show with the NBA uh, audio? playing in the background for like about half an hour and that show didn't get stopped. So why should this show have been stopped? I just don't, I don't get it. It's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, Maxie. Dave Meltzer's is a funny one for me. He's got this kind of aura of being um, all knowing and people looking up to him. But I think it's just purely because of the longevity of, of his, mm-hmm. his career, shall we say, is his, his dirt sheet, the, the observer, whatever has ran for decades, hasn't it? And, I suppose when you've been around that long, you naturally do garner a certain level of respect, I suppose. And I do kind of look for his match ratings yeah, uh, to see what he thinks about stuff as well. And I've read The Observer uh, uh, quite a few times in the past, and it is quite informative. It's quite interesting, an interesting read. Um, however, he that, that that's, that's what he is. He, he's someone who has an opinion on wrestling, 
someone who's watched a lot of wrestling and, and wrote about a lot of wrestling is far more experienced in the, in the sort of writing side of wrestling than than you or I, for example. Um, but it's still his opinion, mm-hmm. and it, an opinion is is literally that. It's his opinion. Doesn't mean it's naturally. It doesn't mean it's gospel. It doesn't mean if it's right or wrong. And the same as Jim Cornette, I suppose he's got this weird sort of cult that follows him. And when certain things are said, these people jump on it online and uh, and just carry on, um, sort of trying to enforce the viewpoint of this person, I suppose. And the, and the constant knock in WWE. I mean. WWE do a lot wrong, in my opinion. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but again, yeah. it's an opinion. They do a lot. It's not for me, so I don't watch it. And and there's so many people out there as well who make, and Meltzer comes under this, I suppose, who make um, content, whether that's uh, shows like this one or uh, audio podcasts or um, uh, that they're writing about things or whatever. And all it is is them being negative and screaming and shouting and moaning about WWE. Raw was this, Raw was like three hours of rubbish, etc. Um, don't watch it then. And their response is, mm-hmm. well, I've got to watch it for my show. Oh, yeah. Do you know what it's, it's, it's ridiculous? You know? There it's you it's pathetic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely pathetic. So I, I 100% agree with you, Magsy. This week's uh, Pimble Dick Alert. First one brought to the table by yourself. Yes, 100% uh, agree, mate. What a complete pimple dick Dave Meltzer is. Absolutely. And we've got a lot of agreeing here in the chat. Uh, firstly, we'll uh, say hello to uh, to uh, Dan and Scottish Danny and um, Claire from the Ricky and Claire Wrestling Show. Um, they're all having a little bit of a chinwag about the weather and about what uh, what uh, Cena's got to say uh, on Raw tonight. Um, and then... Uh, one of our favourites, Aura, in the chat as well. She agrees. I've uh, been done uh, with Meltzer for a while for many reasons. Um, Dan, uh, Dan Griffin, uh, there's more journalistic integrity in the sweat dripping off my nads than in Dave Meltzer. <laughs> I mean, I, I I agree with Simon, though. I, I I appreciate him for his... If he says a match is five-star, it's generally something that I'm going to go and check out. I may not mm-hmm. fully agree with his uh, with his ratings, but I'll, I'll definitely go and check it out. But the way he reports news, you and he, he claims to have no kind of bias, but he, the way uh, he he has those rose-coloured glasses on for, for companies like AEW and New Japan, and then the way something exactly the same will happen in WWE, and it's the worst thing in wrestling. Um, that that kind of biased uh, news yeah. report is something that I can uh, definitely do without. Um, Scottish Danny, uh, Mags and Sar tearing apart that pathetic Torag sniffing simpleton Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Love it. Dave Meltzer deserves to be put in the Pimple Dick Hall of Fame. What a first-class idiot. Um, Meltzer hates WWE because they never offered to hire him. It's pure bitterness. Uh, it, it, it seems that way. Uh, mm. And uh, and uh, hello, sir. Uh, enjoying his bath in this weather, having a bath. That's a brave, brave man. Uh, a well-deserved award. There we go. There we go. Oh, what an absolute loser Dave Meltzer can be. Before we get on to our non-wrestling topic, Magsy, I want to tell you about a little practical joke I played over mm-hmm. the last week or so. Um, well, there's two, actually. There's two. Um, and the target recently... Uh, I, I suppose sometimes when I get bored, I, I, I kind of get up to mischief. And, <laughs> and the t- <laughs> get up to mischief yeah wow and the target the target recently of these has been my son um he bought himself a um 
Jason, is it Voorhees mask? Okay, from yeah. Friday, the, the sort of white, you know, the, the yeah. hockey mask style. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. And the one night I saw it hanging there, it's on a bit of elastic and it hangs on the side of the thing. It's, you know, just this little mask. And I went in his bedroom to turn his plugs off because all my kids are a, a nuisance for leaving their plugs on all the time. Went in the bedroom to turn his plugs off, saw this mask, and he was stirring a bit in bed. And I thought, nah, that's too good an opportunity to, to, to pass up, isn't it? So I put this mask on, went really, really close to his face. And then I went, Liam, Liam. He rolls around, sees me, screams. Good time was had by all. Well, me. But... <laughs> Good time was had by me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I enjoyed that so much. I decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a little regular routine of this. <laughs> so I started going in to his room when he was asleep every night um, for probably, I reckon I did it seven, eight, maybe nine nights on a trot. And it was every single wow. night. Wow. Um, that... That may be like torture. Well, potentially, but he he, he, laughs convention. he laughs about it in the day, um, not at the time. I bet he was like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but that that's sort of like the the sort of lead in to the main one I did this week. Um, this was during the day, so I didn't wake him up. So that's you know maybe a, a touch of an improvement there. But have you ever seen these? Um, I suppose the teeth whitener stuff is like charcoal toothpaste you can get. Yeah, it's like a, that. Yep. yeah, it's like a little pot of powder, isn't it? And you brush it on and it, it sort of takes oh, the no, stains I, off I, your teeth. How is this in a tube? It's just black toothpaste in a tube. Ah, right. No, no, no. Black toothpaste. That sounds weird. It's charcoal. It's, yeah. Oh, okay. Now, this is like powder that you got to get your toothbrush wet. And dip yeah, it in I, and yeah. Same sort of thing, I'm guessing. And, you know, I drink yeah. a lot of tea. I used to smoke a lot, so it sort of takes the stains off your teeth and whatnot. And I've been using it for a week or two. It was really good. But it makes all your spit go black. You know? Like, like you've been chewing tobacco. Yeah, yeah, it makes all your spit. I was sort of... It, 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 my son, bless him, I love him to bits. His bedroom door was shut, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to get in with this one, eh? So I brushed my teeth with loads of, and loads of it, and I, I put loads of water in my garden, washed it all around, so it was all, you know. And I just kept walking into his door, like literally bang, bang. And he's saying, come in, come in, come in. And he opens the door, and I stumbled in going, oh, 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 and all this black stuff. Just And it's literally like you, you're just pouring black, almost like... um. Alexa Bliss was doing on Raw for a little while, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm like, oh, 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 like pouring this black stuff out of my mouth like I was a zombie or sort of a member of the undead or whatever. And, and honestly, the reaction he gave me was better than the mask. It was absolutely superb. I loved it. it I, I'm sort of now thinking, where's the next step? Where do I go next? You know? <laughs> Where do I go next in tormenting yeah. my child? Uh, on another note, uh, Liam, if you are... Uh, do want to contact Charland? The numbers are eight hundred. <laughs> he does. He has threatened us with that before. To be honest, he has. He has threatened us with that before. He spoke. He said about that. I'm going to call Charline or whatever. He's obviously doing it tongue in cheek, or maybe he was. I, I. I hope. Who knows? You know, we'll get a knock on the door at this rate, won't we? <laughs> Andy from Bang Bang Podcast. I'm making a safeguarding referral as we speak. Uh, just for context, <laughs> Mrs. Mags, uh, she uh, manages a company that deals with uh, um, children who've had traumatic upbringings. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, getting some advice on from from Mrs. Mags about whether I should report this to her. Uh, to ladder. No, he's got it <laughs> fine. He's fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, shall we have a little look at our non-wrestling topic of the week, Magzi? Yes, we shall. Please. Yeah. Um. Again, 
everybody thank you so so much for all the interaction we've had on this um t- this week for our non-wrestling topic we would wanted to discuss uh tv villains bad guys from whether it's Mumra from you know thundercats cartoon or uh somebody from a soap opera or wherever um and we had so many interactions again you people who who watch uh the, the live shows here and listen back on the audio as well you're all absolutely fantastic we, we can't thank you enough for all the uh, interactions we get um some i'm going to be very much on the on the mercy of your tv knowledge magsy because someone might not know i might have to sort of pick your brains on that one um we can try i mean a, a lot of them are, are are either shows that i've never watched or are characters that i don't remember uh but yeah we'll uh we we will certainly believe that our our watchers and listeners aren't telling lies and that these are really villainous people and not really good guys that they're just disliked. <laughs> um um well one of them is with us now, Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. He says he's gotta go with Richard Hillman from the early two thousands Coronation Street. Classic um, Master at being a heel inspiring uh rest young youngsters to be like prince albert from the performance center they should study cory instead yeah i mean um, he he was an evil evil bastard was he really what sort of thing was he what did he do i'm i'm sure if, if i remember right i mean i was a massive coronation street uh uh watcher but he was the guy who was uh married to gail do you know the one okay. with the, the turkey neck uh gail and, platt yeah and um, well he looks like luca modric <laughs> you know, she actually does a lot, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, and he uh, he made it his mission to try and murder her. So, oh, yeah. I mean, is that right, really that, heelish, that, though? That, that, that is kind of nasty, I yeah. guess. You yeah. know, it's, <laughs> it's like naughty. It's like mischievous. <laughs> oh, your cheeky scamp with your little bit of murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, MGB Graham. The cigarette-smoking man from the X-Files. When he appeared, you knew it was going to be a banging episode. I remember that as well. And that's when, to me, the, the X-Files towards the end got a bit silly. It got a bit a bit, a, a bit convoluted, a bit too much going on. And mm-hmm. um, I suppose a lot of these shows do, don't they? But in the early series, when, the, when, when they sort of investigate the monster of the week... And then the, it is obvious that something had been covered up, and that cigarette smoking man would just pop up somewhere. Oh, it's creepy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure it turns out that he's not particularly that evil. He's just trying to work with uh, the aliens so they don't wipe out the the human population. It's explained in in, in the movie. The uh, I can't remember what the the subtitle of the movie was, but the X Files movie that um, basically if the if this select group of uh, um, uh, Earth, earthlings didn't work with these aliens that they were just going to wipe out the 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 world anyway so mm, okay whilst he, whilst he did heelish things it was for the greater good right i see okay um yeah okay uh at 90s wrestling pod sensei crease i'm guessing that's a cobra kai reference maybe uh, yeah, this is one I had to Google because um, I've not watched Cobra Cab. It's something that I've wanted to get into, but just never had the time. And then by the time I, I do get time to watch a, a series of it, these three or four series is already. So, uh, but yeah, it, it it does look good. I don't know the character, so I'll I'll take James's word for it on that. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I remember it being, I, I was in Karate Kid, but uh, uh, Cobra Kai, again, uh, everyone bangs on about it being amazing, but it just doesn't appeal to me for some reason. I don't know. I, but then I didn't massively enjoy the Karate Kid films, even when I was little. So The first one was really good. The second mm. one, second one was, uh, it, they tried to almost capture the same kind of um, uh, lightning in a bottle as the first one. Uh, the third and fourth, yeah, they are so forgettable. Yeah. Okay, and, I don't, and, think, I don't and, even think I've watched them. And then don't even go there for the, the Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith reboot. Uh, yeah. See, these reboot movies do my nut because, again, my older kids are very much of an age where you know again my son and my eldest daughter are very much of an age where they would watch the, these reboots when they rebooted robocop and and so on mm-hmm. um and then you say no watch the originals they're better but because they look a bit dated it don't hold up to the effects you've got now and, and yeah. so on it's quite you know yeah bloody rebooting films man i'm not sure how i feel about that ghostbusters was the one for me ghostbusters was my favorite when i was a kid and when they rebooted it, so I still haven't watched it because I just feel I, I just don't, I've got no interest. I've, I've, I've never watched the 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 one with the female um, uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, mm. doesn't interest me. No, no. Uh, Steve O at Total Steve O on Twitter. Um, he here is he's a big fan of the Bill, isn't he, Max? Yeah. Um, uh, I think Stan of the Bill. Yeah, is, a, is, a massive. Is, massive Bill fanatic. Um, which again, it's a show I've never really watched. To be honest, I never really. I, I used to watch it maybe fifteen years ago. Uh, I haven't. Okay. I don't know if it's still even going now. Um, but yeah, um, it, I mean, it was great back in the day when you had like Quinn and um, and and, and uh, Reg Hollis characters like that. But I've not really watched any of the like, the more recent ones. You could literally be making up names right now, and I, I don't, I'd be clueless. I, I've got no idea. Um, <laughs> Steve-O says, uh, half these people, he can't really say what they did, as Twitter would ban his account, but bad guys in the bill that were fantastic, Ron Gregory, Jeff Simpson, Peter Jackson, although he turned out to be innocent. I don't know who any of those people are. I have no idea who those characters are, <laughs> but I do know that Steve O has been banned multiple times for for uh, his uh, uh, disparagement of the bill. So we have to be uh, be very careful with him. Um, oh, is that right? Is it? Yeah, I believe so. I think he's on his like maybe third or fourth account. He uh, he gets uh, he gets banned on the regular. Uh, this is this is the think he's <laughs> the longest he's ever had a Twitter account. Uh, Dan oh, uh, Dan agreeing with you. Uh, reboot uh, movies all flashing no substance like modern wrestling compared to the old stuff. See the links, the links back to wrestling. Such a mm. talented audience we've got. And then he comes back with this monstrosity of a of a take. I actually like the Ghostbusters reboot. Um, yeah, I take back everything nice I've said about you, Dan. Uh, Scottish it's not Danny, Bill Murray. That's something wrong. The bill <laughs> is how I met Steve or class guy. Yeah, I think it was um, it was a bill tweet that that I actually uh, um, started chatting with him with, and then obviously it turns out to be a huge wrestling fan and a, a brilliant uh, a mimic of, of Vince McMahon. Yeah, those little videos are great. Keep them up, Steve. Oh, they're awesome. Uh, Steve O continues cartoon characters. He's a Simpsons mark, so he can't stand Lisa. I mean, okay. is she a bad guy? No, I think she's the most do good person on the whole show. She's literally the moral compass of the show. So, does she maybe grasp Bart up for stuff in early episodes or something? Maybe I don't know. Um, I mean, nothing that 
that really stands out. She's just kind of like the very goody goody two shoes. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Um, at UTT Rob on Twitter, uh, Martin Kemp was an excellent villain in EastEnders, and I can agree with that. He was awesome. He killed somebody with an ashtray, didn't he? Um, Saskia, is that right? Yeah, is it, he is, was, it was it his uh, fiance? Yeah, mm, and then didn't the young lad who worked in the club with him get the blame or something? Um, was it? Yeah, and I can't remember the guy's name. He ended up fleeing mm. the. He ended up uh, fleeing Walford dinner. Uh, the best thing to do, mind, because I mean that's a really small little square, isn't <laughs> it? And on that little square, you've got the market, you've got the boozer, you've got the bookies, a couple of shops, and then a few houses, and so on, right? And then obviously the little bit of greenery in the middle. But in that small little condensed part of London, so much shit goes down. Me and the wife have said this time and time again. If if it were if you were looking for somewhere to live in in the London area, and it was around Christmas time, you would never ever contemplate moving to Walford because nope. something bad always happens. Uh, you're either going to get murdered, you're going to find out your husband's been cheated on you. Yeah, well, you can't is, get married. Yeah, Walford's a horrific place to live. Yeah, businesses get set alight all the time and. Oh, terrible. And it's also miserable as well, isn't it? All the time. I mean, all these soaps are like, uh, I mean, Emmerdale, Coronation Street, Hollyoaks and whatnot. They obviously all follow a similar-ish format because of the nature mm-hmm. of the show, aren't they? They're, they're, you know. But at least with some of the others, they have something that's maybe a little bit lighthearted or something that might make you smile or a bit of comedy in there every now and again. But EastEnders just seems to always be so grey and miserable and depressing all the time. Mm-hmm. And and that's the reason why it's so popular because you watch EastEnders and and think, oh well, my shitty laugh's not as bad as I thought. I'm not having it as as bad as these poor saps. Yeah, there's no chance of me getting buried <laughs> under the cellar of the local pub or anything like that. I, suppose, yeah. I mean, that that'd be your dream. That'd be like if I go bury me in the cellar of a pub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I was thinking about this the other. No, I was going to get a bit morbid. Now. I was thinking about this the other. <laughs> Because the wife had um, uh, desperate housewives on, and somebody passed away in that, and they wanted their ashes spread on a um, baseball field, which okay. was important to them. So I started thinking, where would I want my ashes spread? You know, and I could, all I could think about was maybe Gloucester City Football Club's ground, because I had so many great memories there when I was a kid, and then just local pubs. And it's like, that's quite a sad legacy to have, isn't it, really? <laughs> It is. It really, really is. I think for me, I'd want to be uh, uh, scattered in in somewhere in Turkey because it's somewhere where I think me and Mrs. Mags are gonna eventually end up retiring to. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I mean, so, that's the plan. If it comes off, is another thing. But yeah, that's that's the plan. Ah, uh, nice. Okay. Well, make sure you got a spare room for me to come and visit, Mags. Absolutely. Uh, Mrs. P in the chat, don't you dare insult Hollyoaks. Do you know, uh, and this is not me kind of buttering up your missus, but if if he came with some Hollyoaks uh, slander, I would just mute him from the stream because <laughs> I will not have him slating the, the, the good people of Chester. Not at all. D-Valley for life. Mate, it's dross. It's not, sir. It is. It's so bad. It is terrible. And it's not even like it's bad. And uh, it's just ridiculous. It's just such nonsense all the time. And again, that is such a small little area as well. You know, it's just like, oh, no, I hate Hollyoaks with a passion. Absolutely hate it. 
So this is uh, chain wrestling now with just mags. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, Rob continues. Starscream always stuck him as uh, a dick in Transformers, as he was always trying to get overthrow Megatron. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Megatron is the bad guy. Yes. Uh, so Star, Star Starscream was his was his right hand man, but he was also a sniveling two faced coward, and he would always try and sell Megatron down the river, uh, and then want to take control of the Decepticons. But then whenever Megatron came back, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, great, Megatron's back. That's brilliant. Oh, I love you, Megatron. Right. Don't don't whoop me. <laughs> don't whoop me. <laughs> Proper robot speak. Yeah, don't whoop <laughs> yeah. me." <laughs> Oh, see, I, I don't know. That's a funny one for me because if he's obviously Megatron's like the big, big, nasty bad guy. If he's trying to overthrow him, surely that's in a way a bit of a good thing. But if he's that much of a nasty git himself, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, it, it wasn't like he was trying to overthrow Megatron and to make the Decepticons good. He just wanted to be the head dickwad out of the Decepticons. Right, <laughs> the head dickwad. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, <laughs> at Millwall, Chris, uh, he says, surely Sylvester Sneakly from The Perils of Penelope Pitstop has to be the most evil character ever. He spent every episode trying to kill her whilst disguised as his alter ego, the Hooded Claw, to get her money whilst actually being her legal guardian. A very sick man. Now, that description here does make me think, yeah, very sick man, but I'm not 100% mm -hmm. sure what that's about. So I know Penelope Pitstop was in Wacky Races. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming it's kind of like a spin-off from that. Um, yeah, but I don't know the character. I, I, don't, I wasn't that much into uh, Penelope Pitstop as a as a youth. No. Okay. But I mean, if but, he's but he sounds like a illegal, dick. He does. He does sound like a complete dick. If he's a legal guardian and he's trying to get her killed off to take her money, it, you know, that, that, that's not good behaviour. No, it's not. Absolutely, it's not. And why um, why she got a legal guardian when she was driving a car? She drove a car in wacky races. What did she need a legal guardian for? Surely she's old enough to to fend for herself. I, I don't know. Maybe this show was before wacky races, uh, like a prequel, yeah. or maybe she's but, under a, a Britney Spears style uh, conservatorship. Maybe. So hashtag free Penelope. <laughs> we'll have to look more into that, I think. Um, <laughs> Using poor Britney Spears as Corbin <laughs> for comedy relief. Oh, she, may just, she may just come from a state in America that means you can drive young. Because in some states in America, you can drive at like 16, can't you? 15 or whatever. Yeah, I, you, you, I think you take lessons in school. I think it's like a, a class you take in school. How old Correct. is Penelope Pitstop? That's, I think that's the, the question here that we need answering first. <laughs> To Google. <laughs> this is a wrestling podcast. It really is. <laughs> Get your guesses in before I finish tapping. Whilst you're carrying on with that, Magsy, we'll quickly go to Chris Mangle, our good buddy from all the way in Australia, messaging in. Um, he said, "Mentions the well, we mentioned the bill. Fair few wrongans on there. Uh, Phil Hunter, Gabriel Kent, Barry Grant's character." Um, yeah, again, I'm gonna, I don't really know a great deal of the bill, so I'm going to have to look some of these up. I, I know it ran for a long, long time, so I imagine you'd end up having lots of recycled bad guys coming through, I guess. Yeah, um, again, I, I watched the earlier stuff. I, I wasn't too clued upon um, 
the the newer stuff. I think the I stopped watching it when the 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 uh, intro video stopped being um, the the kind of like uh, old Rover um, <laughs> police car coming in, and then the outro <laughs> video. The outro video was literally just a bloke and a woman copper walking, walking up a cobbled street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when I I literally stopped watching it. Uh, so I've got the perils of Penelope Pitstop Wikipedia up, and instantly the picture uh, that's up is her with her helmet and driving glasses on. So it looks like she was uh, of of legal age. So I still don't understand why uh, she was under um, a guardianship, but it also does show uh, this douchebag, um, whatever it's called, the evil person. Oh, Dick Dastley uh, and Mutley was in it as well. Sylvester Sneakley. Sylvester Sneakley, yeah. Um, AKA the Hooded Claw. He's the guardian of Penelope Pitstop and the main antagonist who has motives to kill Penelope because of her vast fortune. Described by the show's narrator as that villain of villains in his disguise as the Hooded Claw, he manages to capture or kidnap Penelope, who is a, unaware of his secret identity. In most episodes, he makes deadly traps to get her killed and thereby her inheritance. However, he always fails when the anthill mob rescues her or Penelope outsmarts him and gets herself free from his traps. His catchphrase when his plans was foiled was blast. Um, Surely it'd be easy to just wait till he's in bed, get a pillar, just over the face, nice and quiet. All right, right, Max, all right. Nobody knows. I mean, why set yeah. up these convoluted uh, Rune Goldberg-style traps? When they clearly didn't work in the first episode, why would you keep doing it over and over and over again? Just push her down the stairs. Put some marbles <laughs> at the top of the stairs. Do-do-do-do-do, inheritance won. So, so we don't we don't know how old <laughs> Penelope Pitstop is, but we got three or four methods of killing her. Fantastic. Yeah. And um, again, <laughs> if you are struggling, you need child out of it. Ah. William Kitchen at the Appliance 180 on Twitter. He says the Demon Headmaster was one of the best TV villains he ever came across. Mm-hmm. So, and I can agree with that. Very scary, creepy dude. Yeah, uh, that's been mentioned before on uh, on Chain Wrestling, I think. Uh, yeah, just mm. the the stare from him was uh, was, yeah. was terrifying. Yeah, he, he sent me a little gif of the guy. You know, I tried to screenshot it so I could have a note of what we were talking about. Uh, it just ends up with a screenshot of this massive eye and it's freaky. So I'm going <laughs> to <in> a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin 21. Uh, David Morrissey played the governor in Walking Dead and he was a great villain. Upper rep- utter reprehensible shit. Same as Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing Negan and Samantha Morton as Alpha on the same show. Now, The Walking Dead, I have never seen. Um, it's same. a program, yeah. It's a program that the, the the wife said she's quite interested in watching at some stage, and I was interested more recently. But I'll be honest, when it first came out, I used to get freaked out a little bit about zombies, so it kind of put me off a bit. You know, I don't have bad dreams, Magsy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, again, it was one of those shows that uh, I didn't hear about until it was into uh, a couple of seasons, and by then, I didn't want to play catch up, so I never really got into it. Uh, but um, David Morris is a He's an outstanding actor, really kind of underappreciated. Uh, Samantha Morton, another brilliant, uh, a brilliant actress, and I think the lead character is he called Rick. Uh, that's Andrew Lincoln, who was in This Life again, another uh, stunning actor. So it's something I really should catch up on and, and watch. 
Uh, and Scottish Danny seems to agree, says the first four seasons were unbeatable. So, yeah, if uh, if that is uh, people's uh, recommendations, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, when I get the time, I will certainly start watching The Walking Dead. We can watch it together, Mags, and like come report back on the show, can we? We could. It could be a spin-off. Maybe it could be yeah. a, a regular thing here on uh, Radio Techers <laughs> TV-based shows. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that at the end. <laughs> um, at Smoky, uh, how do I pronounce that? Smoky Mountains guy, WCB on Twitter. Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor in Smallville. Now, again, I've never seen Smallville. I, I've got a thing with prequels, mate. I, I don't know what it is. I don't really like the idea of if I've watched a film or watched a TV series, then having another TV series set before then because you kind of know how it's going to end up with the new series. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Um, I think there's exceptions. Uh, for instance, I, I really enjoyed Gotham. Uh, I thought that that was a brilliant show, um, and that's kind of like set before the uh, the origin story of Batman, and really kind of gives you a lot, a lot of backstory to some characters. Uh, again, um, Smallville was not a show that I ever got into, but I do. I have seen the actor before, uh, this Michael Rosenbaum, and he does look very uh, Lex Luthor esque. Right. Okay. <laughs> um... Dan M. Parker, da- at Dan, not Daniel on Twitter. Uh, and this is one that I had a few people suggest on different tweets as well, my daughter Anya being one. And it's actually one of the images that we used at the very beginning. Oh, hello. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, Teabag from Prison Break. Again, not sure I've ever watched. Oh, Prison Break was good. Well, the first couple of seasons was good, but Teabag, oh, vile, horrible, mate. Horrible. Was... So was he like a, a prison uh, gangster? Yeah, you know the the the, the well, what do you know? You know the pictures that we put up on the Twitter showing the bad guys, and we had Nasty Nick and oh yeah, and yeah. that yeah, you know the scrawny little dude. That's okay. Teabag. Okay, that's Teabag from um, Prison Break, and he's he's like a, a prop. He's a pervert. He's a sex offender. He's. Um, He's just a he's just a horrible, horrible, horrible person, um, and he does this thing where, when like new young lads get put in prison, um, yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's the one. When yeah, I mean, it looks like a wrong good. He does. He does. He, um, when when new, I suppose, fresh meat come into prison, um, he protects them if they are basically going to do shall we say favors for him but to make sure that everyone else everyone else in prison knows that they're not to touch this young lad he'll put his pocket out so it's inside out and have the have the young kid hold on to the pocket and he'll lead him around like that and it's just that thing when he pulls the pocket out and oh god so like parading his his new uh property i assume yeah 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 i suppose yeah yeah, but he's he's a sick dude, man. Some of the stories you hear about him, like in prison, and um, then there's also uh, w- w- eventually when they get out, he's doing stuff when he's out when they're out of prison as well. Oh man, just horrific, horrific character, but brilliant because he is that horrific, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, he's there to be detested. That's the whole yeah. point of his character. So he's he's clearly doing his job. He's the Baron Corbin of Prison Break. The Baron Corbin. Oh, no way. Um, 
the last one I've got for us, Magsy, comes from our good friend Ori. And I had to look this one up because it's a show that, I'll be honest, I didn't really know was a real show. I thought it was just a, a sort of joke show that Joey and Friends worked on called Days of Our Lives. Okay. Um, but it's a it's a real show that ran for a long time, apparently. I didn't know this. I got no idea. Um, this guy is called Stefano Di, Di Mera. Apologies if I'm saying that wrong. Um, and I looked him up because I thought, okay, well, I know nothing of the show or of the character, so I'll have a quick read. And the reason I've saved this till last is because you've got to hear some of this stuff, mate. This character was around since the early 80s, in and out, in and out of the show. Um, and he's had feuds with numerous other characters. He's also had situations where he was playing both his children off against one, one another when he was actually presumed dead, which I don't know how that works, but that's quite sinister. Um, he he orchestrated a series of murders with his son and then orchestrated a series of murders with his nephew. So that's two separate series of murders he's been orchestrating with another family member. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, let me scan back down a bit further. Apologies. Uh, he becomes obsessed with another character's ex-wife um, and accidentally causes her to be possessed by the devil. Possessed by the devil, Mags. You know? <laughs> possessed by the devil that, that's probably the most evil thing i've heard of anyone do on a tv show um he at one stage is very poorly so he needs stem cells so he sends his son um to go and impregnate somebody else so he can take the baby's cells when it's born to save his own life um this is unbelievable it almost makes me want to watch this show because this guy seems like such an awesome character, you know, it's just so much there. I can't, I've got, I've literally, that's the tip of the iceberg I've gone into there. I can't go into much more. It, that is like, possessed by the devil, Max. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be possessed by anyone, you'd want it to be the devil, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I suppose if you're going to go for possession, you want top level possession, don't you? Not, not half ass, yeah. not like some sort of low rate demon or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Beelzebub. That is the devil, isn't it? I don't know. I have no idea. Just yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Beelzebub is another word for the devil, isn't it? it? It may well. I'm not into devil worship or anything like that. No, you got to worship the devil to understand how. <laughs> you got to worship the devil to know what he's called. <laughs> I mean, oh. if you worship the devil, you'd know all his names, though. So there is that. You say all his names like there's a big long list. It's not like you know, oh yeah, Terry. Like, like well, Lucifer. <laughs> yeah. Lucifer's one of his names. Yeah. Um, um, oh, what was that lady wrestler on AEW who comes out like the zombie? Abaddon. Oh, Abaddon. Yeah, that's another reference in one of the later books in the Bible, isn't it? Um, about the devil that might be in the last i might be in revelations in the last book actually a reference to the devil there that, that, that coming to destroy everything or something like that that's, yeah so i've got quite a few names i suppose <laughs> scottish daddy was vince russo writing days of our lives you, you know <laughs> i can uh, and dan griffin there we go thank you oh, dan. okay Beelzebub is a demon not the devil i knew i knew that i was just playing playing uh daft just to a P Simon. Yeah, that was it. Wing. Um, <laughs> I always thought it was actually the devil himself, but never mind. Never mind. This is a um, wrestling podcast. <laughs> but to to answer uh, Scottish Danny's question, uh, was was uh, Vince Russo writing Days of Our Lives? 
No, it couldn't have been because there were never any honour pole matches. <laughs> oh, man. Baby stem cells on a pole or something like that. <laughs> Devil worship on a pole. And that Stefano's got to climb the pole and get the cells down to save himself. Correct. Oh, we've, gone, we've gone off the rails here big time, haven't we? <laughs> Maxi, <laughs> any, any villains that you uh, were particularly fond of from any TV shows? Yeah, I've got um, one from a show that you probably won't like because it's a comic book movie show. Uh, but... Um, Netflix did a really good uh, rendition of Daredevil, uh, which ran for, uh, I think, three seasons. Uh, but the main uh, bad guy in that was Kingpin, uh, played by one of the best actors uh, in the world, Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, and he was just an evil, evil son of a bitch. Um, obviously, he ends up getting locked up in prison, but he basically destroys the whole laugh of uh, the main character, um, Matt Murdock, who plays the Daredevil. And if you don't know uh, Daredevil, he's essentially a lawyer who is blind and he uses his his, uh, his um, extra senses to be able to essentially see without being able to see. Uh, and, yeah, and he essentially is tormented by uh, Kingpin uh, to the point where he he essentially loses uh, the 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 family that brought him up, the the church and the, and the the nuns and the teachers that helped uh, shape him, uh, and all his uh, his uh, friends and his his family um, who work with him, and it's it's. It's so sad to see because at the end of the, the well, going into the end of the, the third series, he's essentially on his own. Everybody's turned on him. Everybody who loved him uh, uh, now detests him, and he, he he basically has to. He's become the 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 enemy of the show, and it's all because of the kind of manipulation from Kingpin. Um, and then the another one, uh, and it's a a show that I'm so disappointed got. Uh, uh, got axed. Um, this for me, it needs to come back just so we get some kind of a, um, a finality to it. But it was Hannibal, um, and played by another amazing ac- actor, Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, people might remember him from Casino Royale. He played La Chief. Um, but okay, yeah. yeah. He, he essentially plays the character of Hannibal Lecter from um, um, uh, Silence of the Lambs. The kind of like cannibal, evil kind of uh, psychiatrist, uh, but it's about the kind of early years of him uh, and how he kind of evades being captured uh, and helping this young um, detective uh, called uh, Will Graham. Even though the, that detective is actually hunting him, he's um, he's kind of like playing a, a, a game of cat and mouse with him all the way through the the, the the series. It's really really good and. He's really kind of devious and, and vicious. Oh, okay, excellent. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised nobody's... Um, oh, there's a comment that pops up there, Mags. I don't know how to bring that up. Um, from the wife, Red John, from The Mentalist. Uh-huh. Well, oh. You just have to click on the comment. It's not hard. Oh, do I? Uh, well, yeah. I don't know, mate. I don't know. This is the first time I've seen all this. <laughs> for, context, <laughs> uh, for context, Simon has actually now got access. He's got admin access of StreamYards, uh, so I'm, he's going to be needing hey, some I did lessons. That. I did that. that one. <laughs> that one there. That's me. I did this. What's my thing? There you go. There we go. Look at that. I did that. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm surprised um, nobody mentioned um, Dirty Den from EastEnders. Because he was he was vile when he in the eighties, and then when he came back as well. Um, Janine Butcher for me is, is sometimes one that gets forgotten about. But you look at her, 
She's you, due you, back soon. She's, I mean, she's been um, a prostitute taking advantage of people. She's mm-hmm. murdered. She pushed her chap off a cliff, didn't she? It was up. <laughs> well, it was barely, it, it wasn't really a cliff. It was a, a, a slight incline. The a way it tumbled a, down a, it, yeah. A grassy a gra- knoll. <laughs> it, was a, yeah, it was a verge. She pushed him off a verge. <laughs> yeah, he rolled down a bit of a verge and passed away. That's poor Barry. Poor Barry. Yeah. Poor Barry. Um, yeah, I mean, she's she's been involved in loads of bad shit for years, mm-hmm. hasn't she? Yeah. Um, poor Robinson in Neighbours. He was... I remember that when I was younger. He was vile in the early ones when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah, he was always... I, I he was don't always remember him. Was he a... He was... Um, the son of one of the other characters, weren't it? Yeah, he'd have been the son of Mr. Robinson, wouldn't he? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and Mrs. Robinson. No, yeah, that's it. But I, I, I um, wasn't a big Neighbours watcher, to be fair, so... Um, uh, we used to yeah. talk about... My mum my and dad loved Neighbours. Well, my, my, you know, they, 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 I don't know if they loved it, but it would always be on um mm-hmm. each time you know and there was one occasion where i don't know if i told the story on the show on the show before but i broke my arm playing football and my dad had to come home um well my dad came home from work for lunch he's driving instructor and he used to pop in uh pop in on his lunch break to have a sandwich and whatnot um he wouldn't take me to hospital bearing in mind my arm was swollen the size of a rugby ball he wouldn't take me to hospital until after he'd finished his sandwich had his cup of tea and watched the end of neighbors and then he would take me to hospital so that's what that's all sorts of priorities there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, again, people, if you have suffered things like this, Childline is there for you. <laughs> this is um, becoming I, a therapy episode. It is. It is, mate. It is. I'm going to just lie. I got the bed behind me. I might just lie down in a second, <laughs> and we can just go through some trouble. Yeah. Um, last couple from me though that are sort of I suppose a bit more personal because of the sh- the show they're on. Um, the Daleks. Surely the Daleks have got to be out there as one of the all-time TV villains. You know, um, I'd rule them out because they were programmed to be evil. Uh, the ones that we've kind of like spoke spoke about were essentially humans that just did really bad things, which I think it makes it worse because you have the the recognition that you're genuinely hurting people. The Daleks just wanted to exterminate, just. They had no sense of the feeling, I suppose. So I give them yeah, a little bit fine. of a pass. Okay. Uh, well, I'd, I'd go for the master as well then, because he was just a complete. Oh, shit he player. was a full-on dickhead. Yeah, he was just an absolute dick. You know. Oh, <laughs> Dave Rule in the chat has come with a banger. Cyril Sneer from the Raccoons. Yes, the Raccoons. Oh my God, Cyril Sneer was an absolute good. I'm sure he was. Was he not an anteater with the like the floppy nose that he had? I'm sure he was an anteater, but. Um, uh, yeah. they were all they all they all had that pink. Am I thinking of the right show where their noses went like that? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. yeah, I didn't like that show, that freaked me out a bit when I was a kid. I didn't like it. We're in a family, like, you, you didn't like the the, the wow, I, I just didn't like them. They, they, they look weird, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they certainly do look weird. Yeah, I didn't like it. Well, I, I can't explain yeah. it when I was a kid. I didn't, you know, yeah, but, them, yeah. It does look like an, an anteater with that does he? Like bent nose. Yeah. He's got a cigar. I mean, anteaters That's... are allowed to smoke. He's an adult. Oh, uh, okay. He's a perfect <laughs> <eight>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where did he buy that cigar? I mean, he had that cigar every episode, so mm. none of it ever disappeared. Might be one no. of those like exploding ones. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um Shall we talk some wrestling? 
Yes, let's. Okie doke. Um, our wrestling topic oh, this oh, week. Whoa, 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 whoa. You jumped the gun a bit there, so I, I was, mate, I, to click I was waiting. I was oh, waiting. We're I'm talking cold. some wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> let's get ready to rumble! And I certainly didn't forget to do it. No, no, of course. <laughs> <laughs> this is only our second ever live episode. We're sort of still finding our way a little bit, I think. We are. Um, we are. We are definitely. The fact that when we were supposed to be going live at 9 p.m., I wasn't even online yet at what was it, 8 57 or something, sort of Brilliant. shows how. <laughs> and then we thought we'd risk it and actually get Salmon's uh, uh, StreamYard access uh, sorted. And we, we, to be fair, we nailed it. We did we, that yeah. in quick time. Could have very easily gone wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> Our wrestling topic this week that won the poll. Um, again, thank you so much to everyone who voted and shared the tweet and, and got involved uh, there. As always, um, 74% of the votes, Magsy. I took a trance yeah. in this week. You did. You absolutely did. I took an absolute battering. Is that, is that, um, is that, is that three... Three in a row now. I think it's three in a row. I don't know, mate. I don't know. I'll bring it up in a moment. I'll have a look. Uh, but yeah, I took an absolute trance in. So I'm going to have to try to bring out the big guns this week, I think, to try and, uh, try and pull one back. Because I'm, I'm 19, 14 down, I think. So need to put it back somehow. But the match we're covering is, as you can see in the, in the lovely graphic that is behind us, the WWE Championship match from WrestleMania 20 between Eddie Guerrero, um, who is the reigning champion, defending against challenger Kurt Angle. Um, this comes from Madison Square Garden and was originally broadcast on March the 14th, 2004. There is listed as being at 20,000 in attendance. I don't for a second that it was a sellout. I'm not sure if we're talking about... 20,000 being an accurate figure because we know how WWE works. But there we go. And the buy rate was well over a million, making Vince McMahon an even wealthier fellow. Hey, everybody. As you may have noticed by our sort of tongue-in-cheek intro this week, we experienced a few technical issues. Well, I say we, me, not Mags. He's a professional. Um, <laughs> I experienced numerous technical issues on this week's recording of Chain Wrestling Live. If you watch the live show, you'll know exactly what I want about. But if this is the way you... Um, get hold of chain wrestling and you listen to the audio recording first of all thank you so so much for doing that but there's a few issues going forward here in the rest of the show um internet wise it was an issue virgin media can suck my balls um it's going to get rectified and sorted 100 percent before next week's show but just to pre-warn you there's going to be a few issues going forward for the rest of the episode but hopefully they're quite small we can overlook them and it doesn't affect your enjoyment of the episode. And again, as always, Magsy, super professional, super top-class podcaster. He carries the show as I sort of appear and disappear from the live feed. <laughs> um, I hope everyone's enjoying the show, and I hope everyone's going to subscribe to all the Radio Techers social medias to catch us live if you have not already. Um, apologies for the issues that are upcoming. And thank you again, everybody, for listening. 
Bagsy, how long ago was it you last watched this match back before this week then? Oh, it was a good few years ago. Um, I've, 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 this is a pay-per-view that I would go back and watch um, slightly regularly just because of how many like really good moments are in it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been it's been a while since I've, I've watched this one. Yeah, I, I watched... I, I like the triple threat. And I like certain other moments in the pay-per-view as well. I do revisit. I mean, it's it's a bit of a a bit of a funny one, I suppose. I don't want to go into the sort of the details of it too much now because it's, this show is not about that. But 2004, I'm really fond of a lot of matches in 2004, and a lot of them do involve Chris Benoit. And obviously, we know what happened with Benoit, so it makes it difficult to discuss in certain circles with certain people who may not appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but this match, funnily enough, is one that I tend not to rewatch. I tend to kind of skip if I'm just scanning through the show. Um, so yeah. I'd forgotten how bloody good it was. So is there a reason why you skipped this one? I've got, no just, just I've got no idea. I've got no idea. The time frame. Yeah, maybe it might be like I'm sort of scanning through and I see this, I see that, and I get through, I get to the I watch the triple threat, um, and then I go and yeah, Stevie Richards, that's right. <laughs> I get to the triple threat and then I maybe go go and watch something else then, you know. Mm-hmm. So um well, Scottish Danny said he had that on VHS. I bet that that must have been two or three tapes, surely. Yeah, I would have. A hell of a long show. Yeah, it was like four and a half hours, wasn't it, or something like that? Yeah, I think uh, this this match starts at like way into three hours of uh, of the pay per view. Mm, yeah, so it must have been many many cassette tapes involved with that. Um, basic gist of the story is that Eddie has Eddie Guerrero has won the WWE title at No Way Out in that fantastic match with Brock Lesnar. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's what I do go back and watch on a regular basis. I really enjoy that. Um, Kurt Angle has decided that, I suppose Eddie is, is not fit to be representing WWE as champion with his past, and his, his, his addiction troubles and so on. So makes it a mission of his to, uh, as, our, as the Olympic hero, the American hero, makes it um, his mission to go and win the title off the dirty cheating addict that is eddie guerrero um <laughs> madison square garden for a start max it's it's a special place isn't it I mean, i've never been there but to rest the fans when you're watching events it, it feels special when an event is in there doesn't it yeah just just even even just the name uh of madison square gardens you, you instantly think the best uh wrestling shows the biggest wrestling moments and it's kind of concerning that the current WWE is, is struggling to sell out Madison Square Gardens, and mm. made, it's been made a big deal of uh, uh, in in wrestling Twitter. But uh, going back to, to to this match, Eddie was actually a busy little bee during this whole period because he was in a feud with Charvo. Um, if I remember rightly, Angle was uh, was trying to be the peacemaker, but he would be beating up Eddie pretty much all the way through the feud. Then he won the title whilst the feud with uh, with uh, Chavo was going on, whilst the feud with Kurt was going on, and then obviously he had a uh, he was um, kind of a helping Chris Benoit prepare for his uh, for his triple threat match. So he was uh, he was kind of burning the candles at, uh, at both ends in, in terms of being involved in storylines. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I, I, again, you, you mentioned that about Chavo and, and you know, he's, he's speaking to Benoit about the triple threat and so on. 2004, okay, they've lost Austin by this point. He's not an in-ring competitor anymore. And... Mm-hmm. The Rock, the Rock is back for this event as a, a sort of a special one-off or whatever. Um, so they've lost the Rock, 
lost Austin as full-time performers. But what a roster they had, sort of the end of 2003 going into 2004. There was some absolutely superb talent on, on, on both sides of the coin, weren't they? on Raw and SmackDown. It was stacked. I mean, just looking up and down this card, mm. it's, it's, it's talent upon talent upon talent. It's just so super stacked. It's, it's it's mental. Yeah, uh, the amount of quality uh, that they had on on the roster back then. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, and as always with WWE pay per views, we get a brilliant opening video to the show, um, highlighting moments from previous WrestleManias and um, uh, finishing with Vince McMahon next to Shane holding on to his grandson. Um. Mm-hmm. The video again is a video is played again before the match, building up to the um, the contest here, explaining a bit about Eddie's drug issues and so on. Um, and then we get the entrances, and Kurt obviously, you, know, you suck, you suck, comes out to the, the, that sort of classic tune. I like the um, the lit up floor, the floor that's almost like a, a, a LED <laughs> display of some description, showing yeah, the, American the American flag, flag. and that. Yeah. And also, yeah. Um, yeah, really they, good. yeah, and also they still had the 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 women's uh, the the backlash from the, the the women's match where Molly Holly was getting a head shaved. Yeah, yeah, he had to walk past, and yeah, he didn't actually acknowledge it, did he? Which is a shame. I think that'd be quite cool if he'd uh, like know, if he'd just, just gone over and like, rub, rubbed his own head and said, "Look, you're one of us." Yeah. Now. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um. Eddie then comes out in one of his low riders. And again, just Eddie Guerrero, man. Just fantastic. The little dance he does and the fact that he's actually wearing the belt as well, not dragging it behind him as it's slung over his shoulder. And what a beautiful title belt that undisputed championship was, Max. Yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. Uh it may be on the list for for going beyond here very, very soon. Yeah, I'd, I'd love one of those. Stunner. I'd love one of those. Indeed. Um the match starts with, I suppose it's a bit of a contradiction for me. I, I'd not picked up on it until I watched the match today. But Angle has said a lot of things about Eddie Guerrero. Um, he's had him arrested. He's handcuffed him and beaten him with his arms behind his back. There's a lot of hatred, I suppose, in this feud. It's quite a fiery confrontation. So I would expect Guerrero to come at him um, firing on all cylinders, you know, full of rage and so on. But we don't get that. We get wrestling, which to me is great. That's what I want to see. I want I watch a wrestling show for wrestling purposes. Um, but in that instance, I'm thinking, okay, if there was that much build-up and that much hatred and that much heat between the two competitors, starting with a bit of a brawl to, to sort of carry on from that, like the first time they've got their hands on each other properly in a, in, in a, in a match, might have added a bit more for me there, but it's such a small, tiny, picky thing there that I'm, I'm sort of bringing up. But do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, I totally understand. Like, if, if you had so much like hatred for for each other, you'd want to knock mm. seven seven bells of shit out of each other rather than technically wrestle each other to the ground. But when Kurt has been disparaging you as being a champion and you don't deserve the the moniker of of being uh, the best in the world. Would you not want to try and out wrestle him because that's his um, that's his wheelhouse? And if you can better him at technical wrestling, um, you you kind of have him on the back foot. That's the the way I kind of like um, 
the 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 way I kind of like went against what you said. But for me, the most jarring thing about this start was how much the crowd wasn't into the the early part of the the match, and I think it's because of of exactly what okay. you said. The because of the uh, the technical wrestling, they wanted a blood feud, uh, and this is a crowd that sat there for three and a half hours already. They want something exciting, and and for it to start with um, chain wrestling and 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 face locks and arm drags and wrist locks and stuff like that, it it's kind of jarring for that for for that crowd, I suppose. Yeah, no, I understand. It is as we mentioned earlier, it is a long event as well, isn't it? You know, so people are sort of feeling that way. Um, but yeah, we had some great wrestling headlocks, arm drags, head scissors, and it's all very much mat based stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, the commentators mentioned Eddie Guerrero would want it to be quicker, he wants the to be faster to suit him. Um, Kurt Angle would maybe. Oh dear, dear, dear! Your your, your internet seems to be. Dying. I think your internet's playing up there, uh, sir. Hello, I'm back. Hello, <laughs> your internet seems to be uh, having Hello. a. I've got seizure no idea then. what happened there, Magsy. No, you just went very robotic no, and. Uh, I see. But um, Sai is coming <laughs> or in the chat. Sai is coming in like that match started. Well, yeah. <laughs> but um, from what I could pick out of your robotic uh, speech, then, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure what happened there. Technically, the wrestling is is gorgeous to watch in this in this first part. Um, but if you were a fan in the crowd, you'd sat through three hours of wrestling. Uh, you you need something to laugh and you, you need something to, to kind of get the adrenaline pumping, I suppose. And maybe that was not the, the best choice, but to watch it uh, now, some some like 17 years on, it was brilliant to watch. Uh, I loved yeah. it. It was so slick, so smooth transitionally. It was, it was beautiful wrestling. Uh, when they started uh, uh, going to the outside uh, and then there's the, the, the slam into the, uh, the guardrail, um, yeah, it's just it's just everything you want from a match between two of the best technical wrestlers in 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 the world at that time. And I think you've paused again. Yeah, yeah definitely. Can um, just check in, Maxi. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, uh, I gone again, just, away. Your screen just keeps pausing there a little bit. Okay, I've just been informed by my good lady that our internet here is playing up. Apparently, the internet downstairs is causing problems as well. So, apologies to everyone for that. I'll try and power through as best I can and then the, ring up the my joys of lab. The yeah. joys of lab, sir. I'll ring up my supplier tomorrow and go absolutely batshit crazy, no doubt. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, the, the, the moment you'd mentioned, Magsy, um, Eddie misses a move from the top rope to the outside, doesn't he? And mm-hmm. lands on his chest. Um, damaging his ribs which then leads to again something that makes absolute perfect sense um angle starts targeting that area angle starts yeah. going after all the way through the rest of the match which is yeah brilliant brilliant psychology exactly and that's it's great storytelling it's great psychology spot on it's exactly what you want from a wrestling match it makes perfect sense and again i love AEW. that's the company that i will watch the most of um 
but that sometimes I think is lacking in certain matches there. You don't get that much from that with, um, you don't get sort of people targeting a body part and working on it to set up for their finisher. I suppose the storytelling or the psychology isn't quite, quite on point, I guess, you know? Yes, especially with today's kind of like super fast paced, uh, spot heavy, uh, wrestling where, Mm. uh, Wrestlers are always trying to be um, today's big news with uh, uh, an outstanding feat of technical expertise. Sometimes just watching really good, uh, well-told, storyline-driven wrestling, uh, it's refreshing. Yeah, and and what I find with this match as well is you've got the wrestling part at the beginning. You've got the, the big moment of Guerrero missing this move to the outside which then leads to the additional part of the storytelling that, that, that they're doing with regards to Angle going after this injured body part. Um, but when the pace quickens towards the end of the match and you have the, the sort of triple vertical suplexes that Eddie throws coming in, you the have three, the... The three amigos. That's right, yeah, the three amigos. You have the... Um, the Germans from Angle. The, three, the rolling Germans. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. All of that. It, and, it's and brilliant. I mean, it, a, it's, it's, it's literally the greatest hits. But it's so damn good. When that happens, and it does pick up, and it does get quick, because you haven't had that... Oh, dear, dear, dear. Okay, you've, you've, you've froze again. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that that pace back, change, that means that kind of like... Yeah, you're back. Uh, but yeah, that that kind of like change of gear halfway through the match, where um, they were really kind of building up to the finish. Um, yeah, th- this is kind of blinking you miss it style wrestling. Uh, some really good stuff, and uh, we get multiple attempts from Kurt where he does something that always impresses me when his opponent is on the top rope and he runs up the ropes to to pull off a, a superplex or a super arm drag. And uh, we see a couple of uh, times when uh, he tries that. There's one where Eddie foils him, he goes down on the floor and we get Eddie going for the frog splash and Kurt just gets out of the way and Eddie uh, hits those ribs onto the canvas and Kurt again straight away goes back to a body lock uh, and really targeting those ribs. It's a uh, really good callbacks and in today's wrestling you see a lot of um you see a lot of wrestlers they'll target a body part and then they'll suddenly forget that that body parts are uh injured and then they'll carry on with their their move set uh but this this rib injury uh kept going all the way through the match big intake of breath from Sa there and uh yeah it looks like Sa's internet has gone i'm sure he'll be back uh any minute but yeah this uh this match was essentially then building to uh to that very unique finish kurt tries for the the ankle lock um a couple of times uh but both times eddie uh kind of rolls out and is able to uh to um th- essentially throw um throw kurt out of the ring with it uh but the uh, the, the finish comes when Eddie starts untying his boot, and as fans at the time, you you assist. You uh, you as fans at the time, you kind of uh, uh, think it's because his ankle's broke, and he wants to uh, uh, relieve the pressure by undoing uh, his boot and and getting some air to it, and being able to uh, kind of maybe treat it. But he then sees Kurt come into the uh, uh, come uh, back to his feet. He looks at Kurt. Kurt looks at him. Kurt, you can see just the the anger in his eyes. And Eddie goes, "Oh shit!" Uh, Kurt comes back in, gets the ankle lock, uh, but 
that boot comes into play, uh, and Eddie uh, wiggles out of his boot. Kurt's looking confused, like, "Am I just ripped? Is is am I fighting Zach Gowan here? Uh, what the hell's happening?" Uh, and then um, Eddie gets the, the 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 inside cradle and gets the victory. Uh, Kurt is fuming, absolutely fuming at the on the ropes. He's looking at the ref. He's like, um, "What the hell's going on?" Uh, and Eddie's there celebrating with his towel, and he was wearing trainer socks, which which really baffled me to consider mm. he, he was uh, he had boots on. Yeah. I'm back. Can you hear me okay? I can. What was your thoughts on that whole kind of uh, uh, running from um, uh, focusing on the ribs and then uh, Kurt going for the ankle lock uh, and then Eddie uh, weaseling his way out? I agree with everything you said, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I thought it was just that, yeah, you got an angry side right now. I am fuming the amount of money i pay for this internet someone's going to get a roast in tomorrow i'll tell you that um yeah absolutely fantastic that the whole uh, i think just before i disappeared i heard you saying about angle running up the ropes to catch yeah. someone in. yeah that is every time i see that is just it's it's, it, it's absolutely one amazing it's one, it's one of the things that angle does that I've always loved the whether it's for uh, a, a suplex, whether it's for an arm drag, the way he like sees a opponent climbing the ropes and he's like he's on there like a whippet and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he he's, he, he attempts it a couple of times at this only only once I think is is it's actually successful, but the first time he attempts it, Eddie shakes him off and then uh, goes for the frog splash misses because uh, Angle just gets out of the way and then that helps build uh, to the, uh, more of the, the, the rib injuries because Angle goes straight back to a body lock, uh, which, yeah. which is an outstanding storytelling. Yeah, yeah, just just brilliant stuff. I really, really enjoyed the match. And just, I think we had a comment earlier on saying that it was two of the, the best in-ring um <laughs> maybe maybe um i'll probably get myself cancelled mate some of the stuff i'm gonna say we'll um i'm actually running now i'm hot spotting my phone and it seems to be absolutely perfect now so hopefully touchwood we're gonna be okay um that's the comment there well done magsy have to be two of the finest ever in ring competitors and i totally agree absolutely agree. i mean angle um when i did the um mount rushmore with you mags on badlands pod Angle was part of my Mount Rushmore. I, mm-hmm. I rate the guy that highly. I think he is he's one of my all-time favourites. Guerrero, whenever I see the guy, whether it's in his Cruiserweight days or his ECW days or his um, obviously much more successful later runs in the WWE here in the main event picture and so on, just so good. And it really, really is a shame that obviously he, he was taken or he passed so early because we we could have got we could have got Eddie versus AJ Styles at some point. We could have got Eddie versus the one that really stands out to me, especially for this era. We could have got Eddie Guerrero versus Shawn Michaels. Could you imagine how good? Give those guys thirty minutes, send them out on a big, big, big stage. I mean, Eddie's one of those kind of like uh, wrestlers that would have been absolutely universal, no matter what mm. time frame he was in. He would have been an absolute star. He had that. He had the kind of mix of amazing charisma, um, lack ability. Even when he was being a full-on douchebag. You still liked him. 
but the 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 wrestling was was second to none, and you could imagine him now in a, doing a run in New Japan and absolutely killing it. You, I mean, he would be a made man in AEW now, going up against the likes of uh, Mox, up against uh, Darby Allen, mm-hmm. um, Kenny Omega. I mean, he could have a, a great match with Sean Spears. That's how yeah. good he is. Yeah, he's just so, so good. Everything about him. And again, he's one of those characters that, he, or one of those performers, sorry, that he kind of he kind of had everything, didn't he? He, he, mm-hmm. he could work as a heel. He could work as a face. He could. He was a great tag wrestler. He was a great singles competitor. He, he could fly like a cruiserweight, but then you see in this match, he could wrestle a wrestling match. He could work with someone like Angle or Benoit or Jericho we had matches with, uh, and they were more map-based contests. And just and, and the fire as well, when he has these um, mo- I don't think Saz, uh, Eddie Guerrero, love is something that the internet gods are are allowing. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Saz internet is really, really struggling uh, today. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm actually going to give you my choice for the next match uh, before Saz. So hopefully, his, uh, his internet will be uh, sorted out before then. Uh, if not, I'm sure we'll. Uh, uh, we'll we'll get his choice uh, in the upcoming tweets, but for me, I want to stick with Eddie Guerrero. Uh, watching this match uh, has kind of reinlighted that passion for Eddie Guerrero. Um, so I'm actually going to go with his his most highly rated uh, uh, Western match. Um, he's actually he's he's only ever had, had one five star wrestling match in in his whole career, and that was actually in Triple A. Uh, when uh, it was Eddie Guerrero and Love Machine versus uh, El Hijo del Santo and Octagon. And Sai is back again. Uh, hello, sir. Um, oh, so yeah. So I, I just segued into uh, giving my pick for, for the next match. Um, um, and if your internet still is playing up, uh, you can always uh, add yours to the, the tweets. Um, but I was just saying, this watching this match, as as kind of like reinvigorated my love for Eddie Guerrero, uh, so I wanted to stick on that theme. So Eddie's going to be my my uh, link to the next match, um, and I was just saying how he's only ever had one five star match in his career, but that was in Triple A, uh, and it was Eddie Guerrero and Love Machine versus El Hijo del Santo and uh, Octagon. So he's actually his uh, next highest rated match was a, a four and three quarter star match. Uh, from WCW in 1997 at uh, Halloween Havoc 1997 when he had a title versus mask match against uh, one of his best friends and still amazing uh, to this very day, uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. So that's the pick I'm going for. Halloween Havoc 1997, Eddie versus Rey Mysterio Jr. in a hair versus mask, uh, no, a title versus mask match. I saw this a while back. I can't remember what I was watching it for, um, but it's absolutely amazing. I think I was watching it for a match later in the show for some reason. 
I was doing research for something and I saw this and I watched, oh, absolutely fantastic contest. Uh, old uh, Mr. Meltzer, who we were slating earlier on, no <laughs> doubt has given it a very, very high star rating, I imagine. It's his highest um, Western-based, uh, well, uh, it's his highest American-based uh, uh, score, four and three-quarter stars, but it's, it's, it's by far and away his highest uh, cage match rated, uh, which is uh, fan-based with 9.3 now. Mm, yeah absolutely great contest really looking forward to potentially watching that um if i cannot stop it with my selection mags and hopefully people will jump on board and vote my way for for the first time in a couple of weeks i need a win um i'm gonna go back to the old faithful of using the venue uh, as somewhere i can jump across to uh, Madison Square Garden, lots of history there. The first WrestleMania, numerous Raw Rumbles. WrestleMania 10 was some great matches there. Um, Survivor Series 96, and there was a match I toyed with looking at there because that was uh, hosted in Madison Square Garden as well. But then something stood out to me that I didn't realize was in this arena, um, and that SummerSlam 91 was apparently held at Madison Square Garden. I don't remember that being in Madison Square Gardens. That surprised me. I remember so, it because we've covered it on uh, that Nantes Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, yeah. I imagine not too long ago, because you're just entering 93 now, aren't you? So it wouldn't have been that only a few months back, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. um, my pick is going to be using Madison Square Garden to jump to SummerSlam 91, where that was hosted as well, uh, held as well, sorry. And I'm going to go with one of the earlier matches on the card, and that is Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect for the oh. Intercontinental title. Um, That's so damn good. So it's absolutely. It's 18 minutes of just Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect being freaking amazing. I, I, I mean, Dan will be able to confirm in, in the chat, but I'm sure that match got... Um, it, it got voted by all of us to be the best match on the, on the card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I imagine so. I can't. What else would have been on there? Sure, definitely the main event definitely wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just pull the card up. I'm, I'm almost positive that we all picked that match. Yeah, um, I imagine so because it, it, to me, it's one of the best matches from that year. '91 was like for, from the WWF anyway. WCW, NWA side of things, you probably had more available to you, the likes of talent they had on their roster then. But WWE wise, I imagine. Um, perfect versus heart, it's probably up there as the match of the year, maybe, or one of the top three or four I, at least. I, I think we it, it was definitely contention for match of the year when we mm. did our uh, year end awards. Um, I can't remember uh, if it won, but you can certainly go back to the uh, that Nancy's Wrestling uh, podcast archives and and listen along. We we waxed lyrical about this match it is so I, I am happy to be watching this match again because it is so damn good and well, mr. There you go. and mr perfect was actually injured in this match as well yeah he'd, uh, he'd broken his coccyx so to pull off this match mm. injured is yeah it's phenomenal i would be more than happy if my pick of uh eddie versus ray didn't win this week uh because to be i honest both matches are so good you could you could watch both be equally happy with either couldn't you um, yeah, absolutely could uh both great picks but what we do need to do sam i mean i know we like uh, this is a change in kind of like the uh the the run of the show but we need to give scores for yes Eddie versus kurt 
Yes, good shake, good shake. I've been completely thrown off my game, Magsy, this evening. I've had a few issues literally just before we started recording. That completely threw me. I had the internet issues tonight, um, and it's so damn hot. <laughs> so I apologise to everybody out there. I apologise to you as well, Magsy, for the issues I've experienced tonight. This will not continue. This will get better. This will not be the same next week. Nothing to apologise for. Internet and uh, technical issues happen all the time, uh, and the fact that we've we've been able to ride it, and it happened in our second episode, so it, we've got it early, and it will, and we'll <laughs> we will build from that. Uh, I think uh, we've uh, we've done a, a cracking job to uh, to uh, ride through it. But uh, let's get to the scores then. Oh, this is a beautiful match. Um, it's so good, isn't it? So so I, good. I don't think it's Kenny versus. Okada, beautiful, but it's certainly one of the better WWE matches we've we've watched. Um, I'm I'm going to I'm going to agree with uh, with our friend and uh, friend of the show, Dave Meltzer, and I certainly didn't slag him Big off. Big fan of the, the show. show. Big fan of the yeah. show. I'm going to say that this is four and a half star, so it, that works out to a nine out of ten. Yeah, nine point oh. Yeah, I think I was thinking eight and a half, nine. It was it was so so much better than I remembered it being. So I remember, of course, Eddie versus Angle is you know it's going to be good, but it was so so much better than uh oh so much better than I remember it being. I think I'm gonna have to go up there of a nine as well. Um, I think it's gonna have to be a nine for for me as well, Magsy. To be honest, mm-hmm. it, it is it is literally that good, isn't it? If you, if you're a fan of actual wrestling and the storytelling and, and and how you put together a match and and structure it properly to last as long as it does because this isn't a short contest by any stretch of the imagination no. um it that it's i think it's over 20 minutes yeah exactly um it's just fantastic stuff it's absolutely great i mean the finish the finish is is brilliantly done and it's funny and it's unique yeah it's completely new and i've not seen it before or really since um though maybe a bit in a, in a weird way maybe that takes um maybe that takes it down from a nine and a half for me because okay. um it, i think a match that good if we didn't have almost a comedy finish it might have scored higher but it's it's weird for me to say that because i love the match and i love the finish but maybe it was, I, I don't know. It's difficult for me to explain exactly what I mean. But yeah, I think a nine for me as well, Magsy. Absolutely spot on the money. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand uh, you kind of like scoring it down because it is something unique. It was comedy effect. And for, for at least for that uh, 15 minutes or so, this match was anything but comedy. Mm. This was, was a serious contest. So for it to end on a, a comedy spot, uh, yeah, I can see you mark it down, but for me, I didn't see it as a comedy spot. I see it now in in retrospect, but at the time, I saw that as Eddie's wiliness to to uh, to basically get the job done. I mean, no one else would have thought of that. Nobody mm. had yeah. that kind of a uh, that kind of mindset where they would lie, cheat, and steal to win. Um, mm. So I think it really worked for his character. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's, I think it serves the purpose brilliantly as well because. 
again, this it's such a small little nitpick of mine. I'm not. I, I love the finish and I, I love the match. Don't get me wrong. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Trust me, I'm not going to. It, I, I deal with Virgin Media quite regularly. Um, but when I ring up, they're probably just going to be going, "Oh no," because they know who's ringing and and so on. So yeah, trust me, it's it's, it's an ongoing issue I've had for the last week. Um, normally my internet is very very good, but this last week it's been shocking. So this would be maybe the third phone call I've made. So that's why I'm getting quite agitated and frustrated with it, but that's <laughs> not your problem. That's something for me to sort out ready for you people, lovely people to, to watch us next week. Um, but yeah, back to the finish. It's, it's that scenario of, I think I, d- I don't want to mark it down for that. Cause I love the finish, but at the same time, when a match was that good, if we had a, I don't know how to word it, a cleaner finish, I guess mm-hmm. I might've scored it a bit higher, but at the same time, this wasn't, this is obviously one of the main events because it's a title match, um, but it wasn't on last. It was yeah. in the middle of the show. Um, it kind of, I, I suppose it does its purpose. I'm assuming we go to a rematch from this. I'm assuming there is another contest between the two at some point, um, which this finish would kind of set up. So I, I guess that would be, it, it, it's placement on the card, I think helps with the finish it has if I've explained that well enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you mean. Um, and that's a lot of the, the your reason is why I've probably scored it a, a nine as well. Um, but yeah, it was this was an outstanding match. Mm, absolutely brilliant. Okay. Um, so and I think they face each other at SummerSlam as well. Ah. I, I, want to, I want to say SummerSlam. SummerSlam 2004. Yeah. Um, mm. I think so. I'll have to. i have to look it up. I'll have to look it up. Um, which obviously I'm not sure if I can yeah. do because nothing's working. But we... <laughs> Kurt defeats Eddie Guerrero by submission. Ah, there we go. Then okay. Um, so I suppose that brings us to the end of this week's sort of slightly disjointed up and down efforts. Um, I'm not writing them a Christmas card, pal. Trust <laughs> me, they are not in my good books. Um, a quick recap, I suppose, the selections for next week, which you'll be able to find on our social medias as well. The vote is also always going to be on the Twitter uh, as a, in form of a poll. That's at chain underscore wrestling there. But you can also find us on um, you can also find us on uh, Instagram and Facebook at chain underscore wrestling on those as well. So any feedback or any suggestions or, or any, any anything at all, any interactions at all. But the poll is on Twitter. That's where you need to find us there. And the topics potentially next week are the incredible Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero match from Halloween Havoc 1997. Um, what was the stipulation there again, Max? Which remind me, it hair versus mask? Title versus mask. Title versus mask. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it is an absolute barnstormer of a contest. Or we have Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect from SummerSlam 1991 for the intercontinental title which again is an absolutely barnstorming match as well um vote retweet share away discuss what you think's best get involved mm-hmm. in the chat online um again at chain underscore wrestling there um magsy whereabouts can people find you my friend you can find me here at Podfather Mags on the twitter uh that's the only social media that are uh um on but you can also find um five rounds on on 
all the social medias they're run by Carlos uh, you can find Radio Techers all over run by Tanner uh, so yeah I'm, I'm carried by quite a few people in terms of social media but yeah I'm, I'm involved in uh, lots and lots of amazing content with some amazing creators so you can find those links on my Twitter at PodfatherMags Great stuff um, I do have a new show to plug that Ooh. is coming out very soon via Ooh. Radio Techers and um, I won't go into too much detail right now, but if you're a fan of Quantum Leap, then this will be the show for you. You can find the show, uh, the show socials again on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, the Waiting Room Pod is what we're calling the show, and it's me and our good buddy Benny Mac, who a few people who have listened to Chain Wrestling from day one will remember Benny as being um, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> you remember, remember Benny as being a dickhead. That well, is I, I, was, <laughs> I was referring to Dave in the chat, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, but you may remember Benny as being uh, the role of the voiceover guy on some earlier episodes. We had a great fun with her, some little sketches and skits, I suppose, with Benny back then. Just two Quantum Leap fans looking back on a show that we loved when we were younger, episode by episode. It's going to be great fun. We're in the process of recording early episodes now, so look out for that. That's going to be coming out via Radio Techers as well, uh, audio only uh, in podcast form. But yeah, keep an eye out for that and keep an eye on my, my social media at SJP Words for any more news about that show and Benny's as well, which is at Benny Mac, three N's Benny Mac. Um, yeah, that's it. You can find the show at chain underscore wrestling. You can find me at SJP Words. Um, Magsy, I'm off now to drive my fist through my modem. I'll see you next week, my friend. Bye-bye. <laughs>